Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Have you bought your turkey yet? Carolyn, you always do that. <laughs> you can't resist doing a podcast without introducing some sort of dimension of a, of a, a marker, a time marker. And maybe wow. it doesn't matter. Maybe there's not a soul out there who really cares when we're recording this. But for posterity's <laughs> sake, I'm thinking, what if it's July 4th and you're talking about turkeys and they're listening to the podcast? Because I'm hoping they say that, that once it's on the web, it never goes away. But I did have a thought the other day that if I cancel my subscription to RSS.com, which mm-hmm. is the platform for my podcast, right. I suppose my podcast goes away. But it still could be, though. It's out there, and then it's July the 4th, and then everybody's setting off fireworks and, and having cookouts, <laughs> and you're talking about Thanksgiving and turkeys. I like to think our listeners gobble, are gobble. loyal. Yes, thank you. Uh, the, I like to think that they are following right along with us, so I don't think they miss a moment. They, I've had people tell me that they know when it comes out. I mean, they are ready. So Yes, but we don't, we don't uh, have them, them cataloged by date. <laughs> Right, so this is true. So, I'm just excited about Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. And what about those folks who binge? I get all excited about it. <laughs> you get excited about any holiday. So, Carolyn, in that spirit, yes, <laughs> and you know, regardless of what the holiday is, we always end up talking about food. What is your favorite oh restaurant? Gosh. Oh boy. <laughs> That's a loaded question. Now, if if uh, we play this right, maybe we could get a sponsorship. Maybe we can get hey, somebody to endorse us. There we go. I'm or as we would endorse them, maybe they sponsor well, us. Well, you know, the right answer would be Chick-fil-A, the Lord's Chicken. <laughs> um, my favorite restaurant. I don't know. Why do you always ask me these questions that are hard? Um, yeah, I struggle with that because I can't make decisions. Um, well... I'm not really sure how to answer that. I don't really have a favorite right now. It used to be a long time ago. It used to be Bob Evans when it used to be good. <laughs> now I feel like they're going to get us any sponsorships. Yeah, I know. Well, they, they, I guess they're, maybe it depends on the one you go to. Okay, how about that? Um, I used to love Cracker Barrel, but now I'm kind of like, eh. But I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite. There's things I like from different places. So I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Do you have a favorite place? <laughs> <laughs> the last person thought. I, yes, my living, not really living room, by, I guess it's my living room. It's the place that I sit and watch television with my dinner every evening with yeah. my dogs. That's, yeah. that's my yeah. favorite restaurant yeah, and I, place to eat. Anymore, I feel like that. I just don't. It used to be going out was like a special thing, but it's just, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm getting older, but I. Well, well, let's let's go a little different direction with it then. Let me ask you this question: When you're really hungry, mm. <laughs> what is your go-to food? Mm. And of well, course, that could open up that whole thing about well, what are you really hungry for? Which could yeah. get us back to the restaurant. Which could be, what do you want for dinner tonight? Let's go. No, I don't. Mm-hmm. What? No, you pick, and then I pick, and then the other person says, I don't know if I really want to go there. What yeah. is it, though, that you find yourself most inclined to go to, hmm. food-wise? Well, I mean, we could narrow it down, like, 
I don't want to admit this, but like sometimes discomfort food, like grilled chicken and some baby carrots and green beans. That's the that's the thing I get every time I go to Cracker Barrel. The same meal, but I don't know. I I'm not. I don't crave um, meat, so I'm not a steak eater. So I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, I gotta have a prime rib or whatever. I don't get into that. I just. I guess basically like something warm and chicken <laughs> and you know maybe some vegetables I don't know I wasn't raised on like fancy food and my mom was a nurse so it was like very basic you know but um, she didn't have time to cook a lot of stuff and so um, I wasn't raised you know Tim had biscuits and gravy and all these country foods and I didn't have any of that mm. so I don't really know about that I don't even know how to make gravy I've never maybe one time I've ever fried chicken that's horrible, isn't it? Well, you go to Cracker Barrel. Yeah, I don't get fried chicken. Fried, my mom would have had oh, Okay, cow. what was it? Grilled. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Grilled, grilled, like, we grilled didn't chicken. That. Oh, yeah. We didn't need anything that well, was fried. I would probably incline myself to meat and potatoes, I suppose. Yeah, I'd like to think of myself like as beef stew. a That's meat and potatoes good. guy, but it's really pretty basic stuff. Mm -hmm. So we all know Jesus was hungry. Yes, he did say he was hungry. Yes. More than once. <laughs> well, well, it shows his humanity, you know? Well, it's just, yes, he had a body. Mm -hmm. And that was the first thing that the devil tempted him with in the garden. Not mm -hmm. garden, but in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess speaking of the garden, my mind must have been going there. <laughs> that was the first thing the devil tempted Eve with in the garden was food. Are we so, going to talk about food today? <laughs> well, I don't know. You know, you started it with the turkeys and Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But I, I do think that whether it is a physical dimension of hunger or a spiritual one, we've not mentioned that yet, but I think mm -hmm. it's quite easy then when you think of, well, it's not only easy, Jesus said it in the wilderness. Now, by bread alone, man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds mm -hmm. out of the mouth of God. And, mm -hmm. of course, there's the bread, and then there's the fishes with the feeding of the multitude. Mm -hmm. Taste and, and see that I yeah, Yes, the two loaves yeah. and, the, and the five fishes. and um, I think that's what it was. There was the two fishes and five loaves. Two. Mm, <laughs> two fishes and five loaves. That's what it was. But it is food. Mm -hmm. And whether it's food for the body or food for the spirit, I'm sure Jesus had physical needs as mm -hmm. we do. Do mm -hmm. you think he had spiritual needs? Why do you Hunger. ask me these hard questions? Hunger in a spiritual <laughs> dimension. Oh, boy. Because he was God, although last podcast we did acknowledge that he spoke for God within mm -hmm. the context of his humanity or out of his humanity. I didn't say it quite that way, but... Mm -hmm. I did mention it within that kind of context and had to kind of try to clarify. I'm going to say yes um, because based on his actions where he would go away to a quiet place, to a solitary place, and pray, it seems to me like he was seeking the Father. So I think he um, was spiritually hungry in that he wanted to be close to the Father in, in that sort of way, which we know the Trinity. But... I would say yes, because he showed that he um, was intentional about seeking God. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm sure it did to you. <laughs> wow. Okay. It does. Don't ask me more questions. It does. I mean, that's just, the, I mean, that's my, no, off I the think top of my head no, answer. I, no, I think it's wonderful. You're right. And it's considerate. You actually have thought of this, I could tell. Unlike some of the things that fall out of my mouth, yours are much more strategic and calculated. Mm. On 
the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing a fig tree afar off having leaves, he came, if haply he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for the time of the figs was not yet. And Jesus answered and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. I think that answers the question, certainly in physical terms. But I think it also, probably even as we're trying to make that or draw that parallel, uh, maybe one and the same, there's a spiritual hunger. And I think Jesus was hungry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> How do I know that? Because if you go up, this is Mark 11. If you go up into the beginning of the chapter, uh, this is the Holy Week, by the way, starting in verse 1. And when they came nigh to Jerusalem unto Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two of his disciples and saith unto them, Go your way into the village over against you, and as soon as you enter in, you shall find a colt tie whereupon never man sat. Loose him and bring him. And if any man say unto thee, Why do you this? Say ye that the Lord hath need of him, and straightway he will send him hither. And they went their way, and they found the colt, and tied a colt tied by the door, without in a place where two ways meet or met, and they loose him. And certain of them that stood there said unto them, What do ye loosing the colt? And they said unto them, Even as Jesus had commanded, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others kept down branches off the trees and strawed them in the way. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he had looked round about, upon all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. Now that was on Sunday. And then the verse I read about him being hungry was Monday. So he was coming into Jerusalem. And keep in mind hungry. Keep in mind spiritual hunger as much the physical and I'm sure it was physically demanding of Jesus as much as it would be anyone in human form. And I'm sure in that same sort of way, in human form, though he was God, so we got to, got earlier, spoke to earlier in today's podcast of last podcast, he spoke for God because there was a human dimension and out of the human dimension, the voice had to proceed. And so even as it is today, in his time, he was relatable. He was human, but he was God. He was God first, and then he was human. But, <laughs> I don't think he talked to himself, but I'm sure that there was a dualistic sort of aspect of his nature too that had to be reconciled, and certainly this reconciliation would have to be spiritual first, mm -hmm. and then there would be the physical, and with that then both of those are of the material aspects of Jesus's personage, his mm -hmm. entity, mm -hmm. his existence in a material sort of way. But I find it interesting that as much as there was all this, and we'll get hopefully get to the cult and the mm -hmm. two ways meet and Hosanna and the kingdom and they that come in the name of the Lord, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. We'll get that in a minute. 
But at this particular moment, he headed straight for the temple. And this is before he, he went to the fig tree. Mm-hmm. Why do you think he was going to the temple? Hmm. No, it could be obvious. Don't, don't ever fail to state the obvious. I had a, a dear friend of mine who was a colleague that said, David, never fail to state the obvious. Because mm. when you get out there in the weeds, yeah. sometimes you just miss the whole point of it because it's like the nose in your face. Mm-hmm. It's sticking out like a proverbial sore thumb. Well... <laughs> People went to the temple to worship and to offer sacrifices. And so this is the beginning of himself offering himself as a sacrifice. Like the very early beginning because he's not been crucified yet. But <laughs> I'm thinking that would be the obvious. Maybe well, we I'm know he is, he is too. Speaking of food, he's the bread of life. Mm-hmm. The, the Last Supper itself, as we spoke of a moment ago... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what he told him. My body is the bread, my blood, the wine. Or the so wine, would, my blood. So that would make sense why he would go to the temple. Well, and I think you're right too, though. I think you're right too. That's why they go to the temple, but they were already doing this in the streets. It wasn't happening in the temple. Right. I see what you're saying. They turned it into the marketplace, or the... How he got angry and well, money changers. And don't you think that. it's really interesting? I'm sure that Fine, the people exactly. in the streets were probably inclined to think the way you think. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a Bible scholar, and I'm sure you would not hold yourself out as that, but it's, again, a very obvious sort of thing to say. That's why you go to the temple. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have to go to the temple anymore because something different was happening here. Mm-hmm. The very things that they were crying out in their simplicity was our, was actually taking place. And they that went before and they that followed cried, saying, Hosanna, blessed is he, it's is, it's a present tense, mm-hmm. that cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be, as in is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're the English major here, yes. is it be, be the kingdom of our father David that cometh, as in coming, as in now happening, mm-hmm. That cometh in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the kingdom of Father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Mm -hmm. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and into the temple. And when he looked round about about all things, and now the eventide was come, he went out unto Bethany with the twelve. It was happening, Carolyn. He already saw it. I don't know if I ever noticed that in verse 11 where it says he looked around at everything. I'm sure the King James might word it different, but... And then, since it was late, that's when he left, but... So he already knew what was happening. So the next day, in verse 15, when he came back, he already had his mind made up what was going to happen. Well, obviously, he knew it was going to happen anyway, but, you know... Well, but he, he was still hungry. True. Right? I mean, you, you, you're looking at... And can't miss the verses between. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as you're speaking in 15, we have to remember 12. our podcast listeners are not like you. 
they're not got their 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 Bible on their phone out. Uh, maybe they are. I don't. Know. But they're not like you. They're not reading ahead to get to the point. They're listening to. to, the, to the I know. I know. But that's not the problem. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's a problem. I think it's wonderful. But we have to, like you said, first one. We have to look at everything. Mm-hmm. We have to see the context of it. Otherwise, it's not going to be relatable. Otherwise, we're going to read this 50,000 times, hopefully, in a lifetime and never really get the message mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Because we just already know the end. Mm-hmm. Jesus is Jesus. This is all going to take us to Jesus is Jesus. <laughs> and with that, then we're going to understand it and try to get the point. But we may miss something that really is important to us getting the point because we're all hungry, Carolyn. Mm-hmm. We all have physical and spiritual needs and in the moment we're in, we need something. Now, maybe I'll kind of mess with... <laughs> I won't mess with your head. I'll mess with the circumstance. I can't mess with your heart of our discussing this today, mm-hmm. the situation that we're in right now, by pointing out Jesus' circumstance, situation. Mm-hmm. What if he went to the temple really hoping he'd find something to eat? Mm-hmm. What if he went to the temple really looking for something? You know, we think of Jesus bringing it, and, and he did. There's no, But remember, he did that first and foremost because he was God in spirit, but it was that dualistic nature, that transactional sort of dimension even to Christ's life, between the spiritual and the physical. Not only the physical and the physical, him and all the things that are going on around him, but him and God. And there, it's a parallel process, but it has to come together with integrity mm-hmm. in one. And I'm sure he was hungry. Mm-hmm. I'm sure physically he was hungry, and I'm sure spiritually he was hungry. Would it not have been nice to have grilled chicken <laughs> and what was it you ordered? Baby carrots and, and green baby, beans. Baby carrots. Would it not have been nice? Or to even just have a fig. Off of a fig tree. Or maybe to go to the temple and you go into the temple and somebody there understands. Mm -hmm. They understand your need. It's not that Jesus, I want to say this the right way. I know he knew they were not going to understand it, but I still look for people to understand my need. Mm -hmm. And then I feel really badly and guilty that I've asked people to understand my need because I'm not supposed to have a need. That's the question. Mm I'm not saying that necessarily Jesus should, should, I am asking that question, should he have had a need? Should it have been right or okay if he really went to the temple looking for somebody to get it, to get him? If he didn't, then he wouldn't have been 100% human if he didn't have a need for hunger or anything. Right? I mean, we can't say he's human and then say, oh, he doesn't have a need for anything. I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't see that well, as balancing his, his godliness people, and his humanity. People come to Jesus in many ways. Mm-hmm. Some of them more directly to Jesus, and then Jesus is, works through others. God mm-hmm. works through others in the name of the Holy Spirit or in the name of Jesus in the Holy Spirit. That's the way I should have said it. And I believe that that's what you and I do. We're a, a facet of that. We're not the single soul, right. but we're part of, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. People come to Jesus. Mm. So, so I know that all things around us have an opportunity to have Jesus in them, if not already have Jesus in them. Mm-hmm. 
And, and in that way, we don't have to necessarily go to a temple. But isn't it such that when you go to a place that's supposed to have Jesus, if you go to Bob Evans, not Bob Evans, uh, Cracker Barrel, <laughs> and you want grilled chicken and what was it? Carrots, baby mm-hmm. carrots. And you go in and you sit down and you look at the menu and there it is. And you've been, mouth has been watering for this. <laughs> And then they look at you and say, well, you know, I'm so sorry because of supply chain issues. We've not been able to get our truck in and we don't have any grilled chicken. And unfortunately, we don't slaughter chicken or we don't raise chicken and we don't prepare them and we don't pluck them out back. So we're not got any fresh chickens uh, available that we can resource. Uh, and you can't have your chicken today. I say boo. <laughs> no, you're going you're gonna to say, well, I guess I'll have to eat something else. Yes. And you can. Yeah. This is true. But when it comes to spiritual stuff, you can't. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and more so, if you're really hungry and you go there and they don't offer you anything, or if everything they offer you is just simply transactional and they're not even offering you the spiritual, mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out some way to package it so that you can get by without God, without the spiritual, because they've lost God. Mm-hmm. They don't know where God is. They might have God somewhere on a wall, a mm-hmm. plaque, or a mm-hmm. picture, or you know, something with a reference, a Bible. Mm-hmm. They may have Jesus even on a wall or a picture. Uh, certainly they have Bibles laying around. But if they don't have the Holy Spirit, it's happening here. Mm-hmm. It's happening in these verses. He's entering into Jerusalem. He's going to the heart of the people. He's going to the temple. And I'm hoping, (laughs) I'm hoping, as maybe he might have been hoping, that they would have been somewhat hospitable. Mm -hmm. They'd have been somewhat open and receptive. He might have found some evidence there was still fire in there. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the place that was supposed to have the fire if he was hungry in any sort of spiritual dimension. Isn't that why he came? (laughs) God sent him to reestablish relationship between us and God. Mm -hmm. God was was missing us. I don't know if he's lonely for us, but he was missing us. It was broken fellowship. Mm -hmm. When he comes to you, when Jesus came to you, your heart had to be hospitable. hospitable. It it, it had to be open. Mm -hmm. He was searching for you, Carolyn. He was longing for you. He wanted a relationship with you. And you had to let him in. Or if you let him in, you had to give him some room. Because, he's a gentleman. He's not going to bust it around. Well, and it's, trans, it's transactional, but it's not. Mm-hmm. There's an element of relationship there, but it's more. It's not not. It's more. Mm-hmm. And the more is... He wants to be one with you in heart. But how do you do that if you don't let him in? Right. Or if he goes there seeking fellowship Mm -hmm. because he's hungry (laughs) spiritually. God's hungry spiritually for us. He sends his message of love to us. He sends his love out to us. And what do we do? Talk to him on the other side of the door. (laughs) Not let him in. That's what I just imagine that, you know, he wants us to let him in, but people, they'll even say they hear his voice or, you know, I talk to him, but it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Him being on the other side of the door and having some kind of conversation, that's not the same thing as letting him in. 
So there's a cult. I won't read, read all that. We won't have time to read the rest of the stuff I want to read today. The rest of the story. But there's a cult. Never a man had sat on him. Nobody really <laughs> knew where the cult came from, I suppose. I guess the two guys or the two persons, I guess they were men. I think they were men. Who said, why do you need the cult? What are you doing here? And they must have known something about it or they seemed to be somewhat accountable or responsible for it or they had ownership of it in some ways. But we all know. And we don't know why the cult had nothing, nobody ever written on him other than it's just a cult that had nobody. But what we do know is it was where two ways met. And there was the cult. And Jesus knew where these two ways would come together, he would be the cult. But not only would there a cult be there, but from that point when they brought the cult to him and they started to lay the garments upon him and prepared, and then they started to enter the city, he knew the two ways were coming together as one as God always intentioned. The Old Testament was going to meet the New Testament in a literal dimension in the heart of the Hebrew people, which it had to be first because that was God's people and that was the promise made unto them. But it was never intentioned, even as I'm hoping to do the best job I can to explain what I'm talking about today here in a few moments. It wasn't just for them, it was for the Gentiles. But at the same time, it had to be to them first because God is the God of His Word. But if they don't receive Him, if they don't have hospitable hearts, if they're so wrapped up in the transactional, if they've given up, mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. I don't know that they would necessarily ever say that there wasn't a God, which they didn't. Or they would ever say that there's not going to be some Messiah to come, which they didn't, although they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. I think they still, at some level, wanted to believe it, but they almost lost and certainly there were some of them that had fallen in such a state of apostasy, apostasy giving up. Mm -hmm. And they got, their hearts were hardened. Mm -hmm. Everything in their heart was lucrative, <laughs> lucre, filthy lucre. Everything in their heart was profiteering. Everything in their heart was, again, mm -hmm. transactional. Hmm. And yet Jesus, where these two ways met, I think was already showing and telling that he was going to bring the two ways together. And what's the other way? It's not to the dismissal of any of that. That's important because people have to eat. They're hungry physically. But they needed the fire lit again. They needed the Holy Spirit to bring this to fruition. And he was going there, I think, to find some evidence that somebody... Some, you were talking about looking through the door. I thought about Lot. <laughs> so I think of more. And I thought, that's really what it is. So is there one person mm -hmm. in Sodom and Gomorrah that you would spare? I don't know how many it got down to, but it was that idea of mm -hmm. like it could be three or two or three or even one person. Mm -hmm. Abraham asked God. And of course, we know the answer. He's just looking for one person. But what did he find there? <clears throat> well, I'm I'm thinking about how how he I just read that the other day. He didn't initially go to Sodom, Lot, and I think that that hunger that you're talking about, we see things that we want. He was close to it. I said he camped close to it, and then before you know it, and you get to that part of the story you're talking about, and then he's in it. He's all about it, 
And so I think that's a good warning for us to be careful because when we may see something from afar, it may not be the best thing for us. Because he was hungering for something, but it wasn't Sodom. <laughs> that wasn't what was going to help him. But I just remember that was kind of interesting to me that he ended up in the very place where he didn't start out, you know. And the people, even so, as with the cult, mm-hmm. I agree with you. I think that's a great insight. And it's what's Sorry, going. I just kind no, of no. I think it adds lot. depth. See, we don't want to chase to the end so quickly mm-hmm. because we want to hang here for a while. Yeah. Because here's where God really ministers. The cult. We all know the answer. It's Jesus. <laughs> right. But He ministers in these questions, mm-hmm. right, that we have, and He will reveal Himself in these moments, such as what we have right now. But the people recognized it. Did they really recognize it? Hosanna. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. I don't think they did. I think they did, but I don't think they did. Somewhere in this chapter, and we'll probably stumble over, I will at least when I'm reading, hopefully before the podcast's over, but if not, it references them being astonished mm-hmm. in his doctrine. I think they were, <laughs> they were recognizing there's grilled chicken here. <laughs> they were recognizing, oh, we can have the baby carrots too. Mm-hmm. They're recognizing, oh, this is why we've been hungry. This is what we've been hungry for all these years. Mm-hmm. This is why we're still kind of going to Sodom and Gomorrah. This is why we've resorted to the world. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to bring, they may not say this, we were supposed to bring the, the Holy Spirit, God, to the world. And what happened? We gave up along the way. And the world brought us the lesser. Sold us on the transaction. We know what the transactional gets you. It gets you nothing but dead. Because in the end, there's nothing transactional in the material dimension that's going to save you. Even hungry. Even with food in mind. Your body still, you can eat right up to the day you die. I've been at the hospice house. They like to feed you that one final meal that is your favorite. Um, and they'll let you eat anything you want. Probably won't let you drink here. But they let you eat anything you want. And then you die. Now that may sound really horrible, morbid, but it's true. I, it captures the point. You are not going to save yourself transactionally. There is no amount of lucre, no amount of profiteering, no amount of with profiteering advantaging from somebody else's stuff that's going to keep you alive. Accept that now and you might not be as inclined to lie, cheat, and steal. Because that's what lying, cheating, and steal is about is some trick that you can get somebody else's stuff that's going to keep you alive. No, it's not going to keep you alive longer. Mm-hmm. And certainly it's not going to bring anything in the way of quality to your life. If anything, it's going to steal your joy. And it may, in the end, depending on who you steal from and what it is you stole, you may find out it really wasn't good for you, as with Sodom and Gomorrah. And a lot, because not everybody got out of that city. And some were turned to a pillar of salt. Mm. So all I'm trying to say, though, is, is that we have to understand. They understood at a transactional level because it was not yet time for the fruit Mm -hmm. but the fruit was coming Mm -hmm. and it was time for it to begin 
and there will be a harvest, was a harvest then, but there'll be a harvest that's even greater when Jesus comes again as far as measure of the fruit that this singular procession of days and situations and circumstances. But Jesus needed some, I think, some help. He needed some person, some entity, someone to be able to be there for him, to connect. I do believe that. Relationship. And though they didn't, it doesn't mean he didn't need it. It mm -hmm. just means the physical needs are never as important as the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And what he told the devil in the wilderness, he lived by. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump to 15, where you wanted to go earlier. And they come to Jerusalem, and Jesus went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer? But ye have made it a den of thieves, and the scribes and chief priests heard it, and sought how they might destroy him. For they feared him, because all the people, here it is, was astonished at his doctrine. And when even was come, he went out of the city. And I'm going to continue to read. Now that was Monday. Here's Tuesday. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when you pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. So we went back to the temple. It was at the temple on, I think it was Sunday. Mm -hmm. Went back to the temple. And this being Tuesday or Monday, and then this being Tuesday, he wanted the fruit of the tree, the fig tree, on Monday. This being Tuesday, they come back by it, heading back to Bethany, and Peter remembers. And then Peter declares he cursed it. Now, I am torn on that. I, I kind of think that there's a bit of a curse that comes along with Jesus. You and I kind of had a, a, a situation. <laughs> Folks don't get to see all the stuff that goes on behind the curtain. We had a situation where, and they probably have noticed that sometimes you can hear street noises mm. from on the podcast. It's because we have a studio, and it's got this wonderful plate glass window, but it's not entirely soundproof. But I wouldn't change it for the world because it's like just human. It's mm -hmm. just normal. I don't know that I want it to be so perfect. I think it takes away from 
the necessity of it being just human mm-hmm. and very organic. But mm-hmm. we had some folks that decided to camp out in front of our window and talk really, really loud street on the street on the sidewalk. And we had to stop the podcast. Now, when we started the previous podcast, mm-hmm. I asked that question of you. Do you think that Jesus cursed anything? And on that day, my mindset, I was thinking curse. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much thinking curse today. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. thinking, that's me. That's my humanity. Mm-hmm. Now, does God curse me for that? He would if I didn't if I didn't have an open enough mind and heart to receive some correction on that mm-hmm. and believe that I can't trust my everyday, day-to-day judgments uh, because they're going to be influenced by whatever's going on in the day right. and whatever might be going on in the situation circumstance, mm-hmm. which is really what we're saying about Jesus. He was influenced in a physical dimension by his situation circumstances. He was literally hungry, mm-hmm. and I think he was lonely. I think he was wanting somebody to get this. And he was hungry for that. But I think Peter, (laughs) being Peter, being David, oh, well, he's cursed that thing. Mm -hmm. It didn't produce fruit. Mm -hmm. No. God didn't curse that thing. Jesus, being God, didn't curse that thing. What cursed that thing was, the fig tree, was it wasn't yet in season because the two paths had just come together. There was a colt and there was a new king riding in to Jerusalem on a colt that was not only transactionally going to be the king, but so that you would not confuse him because everything was transactional all around him in that moment. Jesus came in and he went right to the temple and he said, this isn't going to be transactional, folks. I'm glad you're throwing the garments on the colt. I'm glad you're casting them before me. I'm glad glad the palm fronds. I think I said that right. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Hosanna. Cry out. Scream out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's not what I'm about. What I'm about is I'm about making sure that you don't confuse me with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not here so that necessarily I can become like you. I'm here so that you can become like me. God did not put the Hebrew people, the word into a group of people and send them out to minister to the world only to find that the world corrupted them and then they brought that back in their heart and they had not yet been converted. And how does conversion proceed? You have to be hospitable. There has to be some element of mm-hmm. hungry. You have to be hungry. Mm-hmm. You have to want God as bad as He wants you. Mm-hmm. You have to be hungry for it. You have to know all this transactional stuff isn't going to do anything but kill you and everybody around you. It doesn't work. It is part of existence, but it's inferior to with two paths, Old Testament, which is not inferior, but there's an end to it. The fig tree wasn't bearing fruit because it wasn't over. We're grafted into the fig tree. But it couldn't be that. That's what got cursed. And it wasn't time for the fruit yet because Jesus had not finished that work of going to the cross so that we might know the fullness of that conversion, so that we might have then the awakening of the Holy Spirit again within us. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, though, in this moment, I think he was making sure they knew he wasn't going to come in and take over, and they weren't going to set up his kingdom. But Peter wanted it that way, and I think Peter was 
That was the way Peter thought about things. Mm-hmm. He was very eager, very anxious. Egotistical, too. And just, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to hate on him because he, you know, he... You hate on us if you hate on him. <laughs> right? I, I mean, I... He has his moments, but they all did. I mean, they all had Philip. They all had their moments where they sort of, where we can look at him and be like, what were you thinking? But the fig tree, something you said about how, you know, it wasn't time for it, it wasn't in season yet. And even Peter, I mean, he's later going to be the rock. He's later going to be the one to preach the sermon. And then he's the very one that it's interesting that it was him that comes up. Of course, he always, you know, runs his mouth and kind of gets, you know, he always has something to say about everything. But he's the one that mentions it. Look, the one you cursed is withered. And he didn't really, I don't know, would you say that's a curse to say nobody would ever eat fruit from you again? Well, I think it was that he, and, and <laughs> let me finish if I get, say this yeah. thought and get it right back to you. I think that's the point, too, that I was trying to get at. I'm not sure I really got that out, didn't I? No, I didn't. But just comparing, here's Jesus, here's the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Here's the Old Testament, what did it get you? Mm -hmm. And here I am now ushering in the manifestation, the full manifestation of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. It's not only something that John prophesied of, called you to repentance, because that's really what this is, conversion. Mm -hmm. They have to repent. They have to have at least a soft enough heart to be able to say, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I've been wrong all along now that I really see. Jesus has come mm-hmm. to my heart. He's knocked on the door. Do I let him in, as you right. said? Right. But I think that that's really the curse. God doesn't curse them. God doesn't send anybody to hell. Mm-hmm. Jesus didn't come to curse them. I don't think he cursed the fig tree. But I think him being here was a curse because they took it as such. They saw it as such. Mm -hmm. They should have saw it as, oh, I've been wrong all along. I'm Mm -hmm. so sorry. I want to change. Repentance. But they didn't. Okay. Well, that makes sense. And that idea of, you know, the, hmm, not just the curse, but the Old Testament. I really like the way you brought that together, the Old Testament and the New Testament coming together, because it is. The fig that it, we will be grafted in the vine, we it will happen, and then right after that, it's interesting. How here I am. I know I'm not gonna go ahead because then I'll give you ammunition <laughs> to talk about me. But you know, he talks about after Peter, and then he says, Have faith in God, it's like his very next well, it statement. It is, it is, and, and you're right, you're not getting ahead. We're, we're in still in lockstep here, but that's the point, too. That's the additional dimension. I keep saying the point, but it's the additional dimension. And it's just got a lot of points. They're all reference points, but they all come together with one message, and that's Jesus saves. Mm -hmm. But I think that is too true. Because anything transactional, you will never, Carolyn, live up to my expectations. Mm -hmm. It's true. You can go ahead and say the other. And you won't mind. <laughs> Go ahead, say it, declare it. It needs to be declared. This is true. I mean, I, I tell our clients that sometimes. It's a hard statement to say. It's hard to say. I want to let you down. You're going to let me down. I mean, nobody, nobody wants to say that. Nobody. But that's the truth. And if we don't say it, then we're lying. Because we're not forgiving. We're not giving in advance. And when Jesus speaks of forgiveness, 
It means you start with that premise. Mm -hmm. Now, do I look at you and say, Carolyn, I'm going to tell you this, but it's a lie, and I plan right now, even as I'm telling you this, to manipulate and fleece you, because I can't admit that. I have to be superior and better than you, and I have to hunker down on the one thing I got, which is Father Abraham, and all my rules, and all my laws, and I'm the master of those, and you'll never really get up there but you can have the crumbs, the breadcrumbs off the table. You can go into the temple even and hang out with me. I've got my deals going on in the back rooms. I got my deals going on with the kings of the world. I got my deals going on so that we can have this and that. I got my deal going on with Rome and Caesar and the Roman Empire. I got my deal going on with the Pharisees and the politicians and, and all that star chamber stuff. So you can kind of have your little deals. But your little deals really don't matter because it's all in support of my big deal. Because why? Because this is the standard I've chosen to impose upon the world. Because I'm better than you. Mm. I'm superior to you. The people were astonished because he didn't come in and act like he had an ego. Mm -hmm. That he was like this egomaniac. Right. That he was going to save them all. That he had the answer. He did have the answer. But they didn't come in. He came in leading with his heart. Because mm -hmm. he would not have received the other. And cult. we talked about Judas the other day. Mm -hmm. I think that that's the whole point about Judas. Judas, whenever he... <laughs> they were breaking the alabaster box and... He just revealed why I think he sold Jesus out. Oh, Jesus, you're going to let her spend, take all this money that's worth all this just on you. That sounds way too much like the rest of them. I might as well just go ahead and concede and play the game. Mm -hmm. You know, that's where I am. Just be quite candid with you about the world we live in right now. It is such the temptation. It's probably where my head was. When, and thank God these folks are standing on the sidewalk outside because it would have cursed me. If I'd have said any more that day, mm -hmm. it would have come back on me. But I am so struggling with, do I just give in to the transactional? Because that's what it is. All this globalism in this world, they don't have answers, Carolyn. If they're not Christian, they're not a Christian nation. If they're humanists, they don't have an answer. It's going to end up in, I'm going to let you down and you're going to let me down, but so that you still stay under me because I'm better than you, mm -hmm. not only psychologically in my ego, super ego kind of way, but I'm going to do everything I have to do to deny you any opportunities mm -hmm. to even materially challenge me. Mm. But that's the world we live in. I feel yeah. like I'm... Really, it's a struggle for me. I feel like I want to give up. Mm -hmm. I feel like, why? Why am I doing this? Why do I preach it? Why do I say it? Why do I try to be humble? Why not just resort to trying to be the same egotist? Well, part of that reason is I'm pretty commonsensical. I know that won't work because it's a rigged system. Right. But at the same time, though, I just want to be down on the hillside. Mm-hmm. These Ninevites, they're never going to change. So why do I want to preach them a sermon? They're never going to receive it. And they're never going to admit they're going to make a mistake or they're going to intentionally fleece me because some of them will just be mistakes, sins. Some of it is going to be downright iniquity. Their heart is hardened and turned to stealing, lying, and cheating for their own profiteering. But look at what happened with Jonah, though. 
you say you feel like him, but look what happened. I mean, he eventually went, and then the people were saved. So yeah, but but Jonah still was sitting on that hillside with the sun coming down. I know, I know, and but that's the point: is there's still people that need to hear the word and there's still people I, that need to I, see it. I don't disagree at all with you. I'm just hungry, Carolyn. Yeah. I'm hungry for the word. Mm-hmm. I want the word, but I don't want the word packaged and I don't want the word just to be the word. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Jesus says, I need right. something more. Right. Right, it right, needs right, to right. be anointed. It right. needs to have something more, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I'm hungry for somebody to believe. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm not alone because otherwise I'd be Elijah then. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm rattling off all these characters because that's how it goes through my mind. I know. I know that way. There's a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads only into death in human dimension. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna, that, those thoughts don't go anywhere but to my own self-destruction and the destruction of others. There's no good. Mm-hmm. I'll resort to calling the people on the streets lesser than me. Mm-hmm. Simply because they choose to continue to hang out with addicts and shoot up and carry on loud, long-winded conversations <laughs> that interfere with my podcast and cause me to have to stop it and re-record it. No, God stopped it. Yeah. Because that's cursed. God doesn't curse anything. It's us that curses. But this is to have to slow it down. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy your grilled chicken mm-hmm. and your baby carrots. Mm-hmm. You have to enjoy the moments like this where you can really expose your soul and you can touch people. Yeah. Be touched by people. It's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. And even though Jesus went into the temple and cleaned it all, he just cleaned out the transaction. Mm -hmm. He didn't clean it out entirely because it's still revelation. The new Jerusalem, it's still going to happen. New Jerusalem come down, and out of the temple is going to come all the provisions for all the nations. Mm-hmm. It just had to be restored to the rightful order of things. It had to be that the Hebrew people and us, as are grafted into the vine, that's when the fruit really gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fig tree really bears the fruit. Mm-hmm. But it bears the fruit because the two ways that come together in us and Jesus... And the Holy Spirit now has that control over us. And Christ reestablishes His kingdom. And it's truly been all those things. They were shouting mm-hmm. when He was coming into the city. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that hunger, though. That it's, it's hard to explain it, but it's also hard for people to understand it. That that's what they're looking for when they're trying to get filled so many other ways. And we just want to shout to them... Jesus Christ is what you're hungry for. You just don't know it. And that's a hard place to be. And we were talking about that last night. Some people, extended members of our family, and, you know, one of my kids was asking about them. And, and it just, it made my heart sad um, because people can sit in judgment, like you said, of those people. But eventually, Jonah went. You know, eventually, God changes our heart. And... It just, it's hard, difficult for me to, um, you know, because sometimes we want to, we want to shake them, you know, and say, do you see what you're doing? But how often, I'm going to turn that back on me. How often does God look at me and, you know, lest I sit in judgment of them and say, like, what are you doing? That's right. And, and you can't have love without forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I think that is <laughs> paradoxical, dualistic, counterintuitive in this dimension. 
because you can't have forgiveness without love. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have forgiveness, then you're never going to love that person. You're going to continue right. to make it transactional. You let right. me down, Carolyn. Right. You didn't follow through. Mm -hmm. See, here's evidence of that. I could pour into you, pour into you, and pour. And then all of a sudden it becomes you that validates me. Mm -hmm. It becomes you that I have to uh, mm -hmm. kind of exploit, mm -hmm. take advantage of, to feel mm -hmm. good about me. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to do that. Your identity becomes the outsider. Why don't thing? I want to do that? Because it leads to nowhere but death. Right. What do I want to do? I want to do it out of not only the right mind, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Even if I'm hungry and I'm starving, I don't want to sacrifice you. Mm -hmm. Why would I? Or you, me? It goes both. I'm not just looking at you. I'm look, you know, you're looking back at me. It goes mm -hmm. both ways. Mm -hmm. But that's really what we need to do with these the people that we minister to. We need to understand that they're them, and we're they're them. They we are them, and they are us. Is mm -hmm. what I want to say. Mm -hmm. And when we understand it that way. That's the only way in forgiveness. And why do we have? Because God first gave to us. Mm -hmm. But why didn't they have? Because when God gave again, breathed upon them again, they weren't willing to receive it. Right. They were insistent that it still be transactional. Mm -hmm. And in that way, Judas kind of then did the exact... In that way, though, even Jonah did because though he finally... <laughs> consented, mm -hmm. conceded. Mm -hmm. He was not going to get away without doing this thing. In the end, his heart wasn't still turned in the right way because in the end, he was on that hillside. Mm -hmm. And the worm got into the vine. And he was bitter. Mm -hmm. And he was angry. And he was right. He was right all along. But his righteousness was as filthy rags. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it was all about killing somebody or letting somebody die. Even if you just let them die. Because you don't care enough to give them food. You don't care enough to give them shelter. You don't care enough. Mm -hmm. These things, if you do to these, least of these, you do it unto right. me, Jesus said. Right. But if you don't give them the answer, and what is the answer? You can preach all day till Sunday mm -hmm. and beyond if you don't live it. Mm -hmm. That's then, where it's at, right yeah. there. And that's why I repent. Mm -hmm. I repent daily. Mm -hmm. Because my dualistic nature and my hunger... For righteousness mm -hmm. is the same stuff that led Paul to crucify Christians. Mm -hmm. That stoned Stephen. I had that conversation with God on the way to work this morning about repenting, about you know coming before Him with a clean heart before I start, you know, making these requests and you know asking for all these things. And um, the book I was reading this morning talked about that, about how we need to come before Him and you know to ask Him if there's something that we need to repent of first. And I thought about that on the way to work, and I was like, well, I did pray about that. <laughs> and I felt like that God was like, but you didn't really repent of it. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs> but I did think about it. <laughs> but that's, that's how God deals with me. I don't know. But, but then I did. I had a moment. I was like, I, okay. Like, you know, I humbled myself. I was like, I don't know how much more repent I can get. So, you know, this is where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt peace after that, so, you know. Well, at least you're, again, on the path. You're the path of righteousness, the one that yeah. Jesus right. sh is the example mm -hmm. of, shows mm -hmm. us. So going back to 25, Mark 11, And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. And then proceeding. And they come again to Jerusalem, and as he's walking in the temple, 
there came to him the chief priests and the scribes. And he's gone back again to the, to the temple. He's not done with this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. There come to him the chief priests and the scribes and the elders and say unto him, By what authority doest thou these things? What does he do? Well, he's overturned and cleaned out the temple. And who gave thee this authority to do these things? What did he do? He came to offer them something better. Mm -hmm. He came to offer them what all of the Old Testament was logistically preparing them to receive. He came to deliver unto them the anointing. He came to present unto them the gift of love again. He represented God bringing provision and resource for a hungry, thirsty, dead people. Shall these bones and these bones rise again? Ezekiel. Only you know, Lord. Well, I can go ahead and tell you. Not only does God know, but we know His plan. Mm -hmm. But only you know, Lord, in that it's up to you, me, us to receive it. And only God knows who will or won't. It's true. We can't judge it. And Jesus answered and said unto them, I will also ask of you one question and answer me. And I will tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John... Was it from heaven or of men? Answer me. And they reasoned with themselves, saying, If we shall say from heaven, he will say, Why then did you not believe him? But if we shall say of men, they feared the people for all men, countered John, that he was a prophet indeed. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. How stupid. That's my commentary. Mm-hmm. Cursed them. Jesus didn't curse them. Jesus cursed them. Jesus asked them. Jesus is going to ask you the question. By whose authority does he come? Are you going to be a fool and say, well, I really don't want to say because if I say one way, I've got to give it up. And if I say the other way, I've got to give it up. Give it up! Mm-hmm. He comes in the only authority that you apparently are not willing to receive or participate. He comes in the name of God. Mm -hmm. God is love. He comes with forgiveness. He comes with resurrection. He comes with righteousness. He comes so that we don't become all a group of hypocrites and egotists that are running around exploiting people just so that we can put ourselves up in the highest and loftiest of places. But to them, he came with strings attached. And they answered and said unto Jesus, We cannot tell. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Neither do I tell you by what authority I do these things. He always has such a great answer to them. (laughs) Hmm. Well, I am wondering about what the people he said neither I'm going to tell you about it so sometimes he answers them sometimes he doesn't answer them at all like when they ask him a question he said I'll ask you a question then he said I'll answer it but sometimes he doesn't even he doesn't even go there with them he's like you don't even get it you don't even understand what I'm trying to do here you just want to see it like you said transactionally and I can see the frustration you can hear the frustration in his voice And then he's like, well, neither am I going to tell you. So he knows that they're not ready to get it. They don't get it. But that doesn't mean that the people won't eventually get it. But um, 
those very people that are supposed to be the Bible scholars that are supposed to lead people, they don't want to know. It's not even that they don't know, like ignorant. They don't want to know. They don't want to go there. And I get that in a way that we're not, you know, going to judge them because there's things that God tells us that we don't well, I know they're human, but the more they pretend to be God. Exactly. That's what makes it even more difficult, <laughs> it more and, difficult. and harder and worse. I mean, I'll just say it. It makes it worse. <laughs> so we're hungry. Jesus was hungry. Mm-hmm. Not only for food, physical food, materially for food, mm-hmm. physical sustenance, but we're hungry for spiritual sustenance. Mm-hmm. There's no sin in that. Mm-hmm. Jesus was. Right. And I think he was looking for and wanting mm-hmm. of... But if the Old Testament teaches you anything, it's how to say no. Mm. But if you can't say no to yourself, or maybe I should say it this way. If the Old Testament teaches you anything, it's how to say yes. And maybe that's what I should have led to. To the right thing. It's yes to God first, and then you'll never have to struggle with yourself over the no. But if you don't say yes to God first... And then you can still do some things with the no to yourself. And there's times I have to say no to me. Mm-hmm. No, I have to remind. But I never win that battle mm. of self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Although I have to cooperate. And maybe the primary choice is me saying no to the world. That's mm-hmm. probably why I I'll justify it. That's probably why I live with the no. You have to say no to the world. But if you say yes to Jesus when he knocks on the door, if you say yes to Jesus when he comes to your temple, when you say yes to Jesus when he wants to clean out all of this transactional stuff, if you say yes to Jesus when you're like whitewashed sepulchers and there's the stench mm-hmm. clean on the outside but dying bones inside... When you recognize your way is not God's way in a human dimension, when you are appearing to be something more than you really are or wanting to appear to be something more, when you're trying to pretend Mm -hmm. you're all that and as they used to say, a bag of chips, Mm -hmm. maybe you should go ahead and let him in. Mm -hmm. Because you never know. Even though he's going to clean it all out, don't you want to clean it out? Don't you want to repent? Mm-hmm. Don't you want to do it the right way? Because in the end, it's Jesus or there's no way. And now we can say, Jesus saves. Mm-hmm. But when people come see me and you, that's kind of the same thing that's going on with them. We're part of that. We're not the only source of that. We do it mm-hmm. uniquely in that lane or that area mm-hmm. that God's given. We're not the only ones to do it, but that's right. unique. That's a ministry. Right. But, Carolyn, I realize (laughs) nothing compared to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Nothing compared to the ministry, the body of Christ. Nothing compared to what we together Mm -hmm. in all facets of ministry can be. But we have to be aligned Mm -hmm. in Christ. And so for us and what we do, I want to make sure that the motive, people come in to see us because they're hungry. Right. People come in to see us because they feel empty. People mm-hmm. come in to see us because they feel like they're alone. Mm-hmm. People come in to see us because they're Elijah on the mountaintop. They're thinking of dying. Mm-hmm. Might as well go ahead and die right now, God, because you're really, I failed you. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing left. Even good people. Yeah. Even good people as in Saul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's crucifying Christians because he sees it as inferior because mm-hmm. they're not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that you wake up one morning and you realize you've been you've got blood on your hands and the only way you're gonna get that off is 
forgiveness. And the only way you're going to get to the love of God that really then resurrects and redeems and brings you eternal life is to forgive. But you're not going to be able to forgive if you don't repent mm -hmm. and admit you got an attitude to kill people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, don't, you don't like them. I know that was extreme. <laughs> Should folks want to talk with us? <laughs> you. See, that's why I go over the top because you don't have to. And then they look at you and say, well, that Carolyn's a better one to talk to. I don't know. Should they that. want to get a hold of me or you, Carolyn? How should they do it? Um, hopefully they won't be afraid to <laughs> contact me. I was thinking about fear. That's kind of, when we talk about those things, sometimes I feel like they come in and they're afraid sometimes. But no, you don't have, have to have any fear. No fear here and no judgment. Give me a call, 304-528-9220. Or go online. You can email us um, at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com or covenantsonline.com. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts if you haven't listened to them yet. And our Facebook page, which has lots of interesting tidbits and facts on there and little things that you might find useful, like the reminder to set your clocks back. <laughs> and... Of course, we honored our veterans the other day on Facebook, so we want to encourage you to check that out. There's just little things that might encourage you throughout your day. And so, <laughs> Carolyn, why don't you go get you some grilled chicken and some <laughs> baby carrots? That sounds good. At but Bob, I dip it in honey mustard, though. I, didn't, I left that Evans. part out. And then see if they'll give us an endorsement or give us a sponsorship. For Maybe. The podcast. Who knows? It makes it transactional. <laughs> And for you, our podcast listeners, we want to invite you back to our next edition of What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. And we also want to make sure that we never fail to say God bless you. Until then.